And we are live. Oh, yeah. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cracking One Open with Mike. And Elise. We're Babe. back, people. Oh, yeah. We took a little bit of time off. Sorry about that. <laughs> but we're back with an exciting new beer for you. Something we picked up. Well, you picked up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me. On a little excursion, would you like to tell us about that? So, while Elise was getting all prim and proper and all done up for a wedding... For my best friend's wedding! I was stuck in upstate Connecticut with nothing to do for a few hours before <laughs> the event. And uh, I decided to take the car mm-hmm. and drive on to Kent Falls Brewing in... Get this, Kent Falls. What? I know. And uh, check out their brewery and uh, have a few beers on a gorgeous, gorgeous June day. Mm-hmm. That it was. I gotta say, I've had Kent Falls Brewing before. I've had a couple of their beers before, and I was never, I've never been disappointed. And when I went up to the brewery and had some of their beers there, mm-hmm. they were all very, very good. And I thought because we're not there very often and we don't see it um canned down here very often no now now more so like just within the past few weeks i've noticed um but before that previously no yeah i'm pretty sure i had it on draft when i've had it Mm -hmm. um elsewhere but you know i had a few of the beers and i was like you know i should try i bring one of these down so we could do it for the uh cast And and here we are here we are so the one I decided on, it was a tough decision. Uh, they had another one uh, called Shruggy, which uh, I actually just used my body to mimic a shrug because <laughs> on their menu, it was literally just the emoticon of, uh, of a shrug. <laughs> so I was like, can I get some? And then I shrugged. <laughs> and she goes, oh, oh, yeah, some Shruggy. Okay. They must get that a lot. Yeah, I think that's why they have it up like that. <laughs> they want you to do it. But yeah, I decided on the beer People Power. Because it was just probably the most interesting of the beers that we... Like, they were all very good, but this one was very mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, so, why don't we uh, crack, crack it, it open? open. <laughs> Ooh. Now, I know you have all the notes and stuff about this beer. I do. So, let me give you my tasting notes before we go in. Let me tell you why I chose this beer. Definitely. Go ahead. So the thing I think that's interested about interesting about People Power mm-hmm. is, um, well, first of all, I believe it is a, and stop me if I'm wrong, it's a collaboration with um, their community, correct? There was actually nothing on the website about oh, man. said community. I might be wrong then. You, you might I have some knowledge like, that I don't, or? I figure it was voted on. I, I'm pretty sure it was voted on. Kind of like, um, I know Tribus oh. did a, Tribus Brewery in Milford did one as well. I think it's becoming increasingly popular. So I, I do have some information about that, but you're a little off on, on the details there, but I'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so I, if I'm even kind of correctly, correct, it's interesting how people came together or how this beer came together anyway mm-hmm. and, and made something that's not an IPA, but... It's kind of like an IPA. Kind of. It has the mouthfeel of an IPA. It has the mouthfeel of the IPA. It has the fruity kind of effervescence. Floralness. Not, uh, floralness, yeah. Of like of a Saison. 
I don't know about that. I'm not a big Cezanne guy. I know, which is why I'm so <laughs> surprised that you're so into this, because I, I definitely get some some of those kind of hops. Oh, you think this is one of those things where you like you taste what you want to? Like, oh, it tastes like chicken. <laughs> it's art. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of like a lager that just tastes like an IPA. It just has more of an interesting... It's not, not that I don't like lagers. There are some mm. lagers I like a lot, but lagers are kind of like, I just want beer. I want to taste yeast. Yep. I want that I liquid, want liquid bread. I want liquid bread. <laughs> and there's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's a quality lager. But this just has so much more going on, but it's not, I mean, I like the bitterness of, of IPAs. Oh, for sure. Originally I did not, but I think as I got older, <laughs> I, I started to like IPAs more and more because of the bitterness to them. Mm-hmm. And while this one does not have any bitterness to it, it does have that, like we said, floral notes. It's got the, it, it's got more to it than, it's got that hoppiness to it without yep. being bitter. It's incredibly refreshing on a hot day, which was nice because when I get, went to Camp Fall, mm-hmm. it was a hot summer day. It was very mm-hmm. warm outside. And this was very refreshing. All their beers are very refreshing. This They're is, all oh, low yeah. ABV um, or lower um and highly something that you can sip all day absolutely uh, and i think the the lack of kind of bitterness in this really helps that oh yeah i, that, I would definitely sit out on the deck on a, a hot day with you and put a couple of these back oh yeah <laughs> so th- those are my tasting notes on it it's 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 a lager with ipa sensibilities is would be my the best way i could describe it for I'd anybody who hasn't had it yet yeah except that i like i said i do get a little more of a saison spiciness to it I'm gonna take another sip give me a second I don't mean to ruin it for I'm you take a long, I know how you feel about saisons I'm not a big saison guy I can pre I can't really let me take a sip and hold it let me let me let me take a long sip all right while you take a long sip all right I got it <laughs> it's, it's at that initial that initial like hit yeah is the initial hit of a saison but mm-hmm. then it doesn't get to that weird as I always describe it bubble gumminess oh yeah no no it doesn't the initial like like instant like millisecond of when you sip it yeah Mm -hmm. but after that no but yeah i can see where you're coming from now yeah i agree all right break take it away (laughs) (laughs) so kent falls is a working farm brewery what is a working farm brewery well it sits on 50 acres of land that's pretty big (laughs) Um, And they focus their farming on pasture-raised poultry and pork, along with one acre of hops and an acre and a half of cider apples that are actually grown for Never Sink Spirits, which is their distillery uh, located in Port Chester, New York. I don't know if you saw anything about that. Interesting. Um, When you enter, you can see all the hops being made, and they do have a couple of chicken coops and stuff. But yeah, their hops, the hop farm is really interesting, because instead Mm -hmm. of a field where you would see like corn or like apples or an orchard it's just this big wooden beam that goes like across like fields <laughs> and just vines it's like they're growing vines it's 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 really odd but kind of interesting to mm-hmm. see but i don't think you can go deep enough or at least i didn't explore deep enough to see the orchards or the yeah i doubt they want too anyone much of just their wandering around in there probably not <laughs> so on that note uh their land has been in continuous agricultural use for over 250 years um and they're the first farm brewery in connecticut So being a farm brewery means that the brewery itself functions more efficiently and the farmhouse beers are often what brewers refer to as a mixed culture or beer that develops a complexity of character due to the slow process of multiple microbes, meaning brewer's yeast, wild yeast strains, and a diverse range of bacteria, all working together um, in conjunction to develop a very unique beer. 
So basically their story and philosophy is pretty awesome. Um, They use solar power to heat the water for brewing and to help power the tasting room. They compost all of their spent yeast, hops, and fruit. So they they really do make a conscious effort to be as eco-friendly as possible. And this is, like we mentioned, the the brewery that we've traveled the furthest to get to so far. (laughs) It is out of the way to get to Kent Falls it, it is yeah. quite the drive you're not going to have cell phone reception this uh, is on yeah. and off for a while there's going to be some two lane roads that are barely big enough to fit one car it is gorgeous it's up there it's a little scary yeah <laughs> um there's some nice houses there's a lot of like right across from Kent Falls is this beautiful little lake Mm-hmm. And it's a nice drive after the fact, but the initial drive is a little scary. Like, am I going somewhere? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, how far? Like, you're, you're, you're Why is the GPS not working anymore? I'm pretty sure as I was driving, I could open the windows and I would hear. But, you know, I braved the madness and I got there. For the sake of the cast. For the sake of the cast. And, you know, beer. So, People Power is a. Hell's Lager, brewed with Valley Malt Pilsner and Thrall Family Munich Malt, um, comes in at 5.2 ABV. And a Hell, is it Hell or Hell's? I, I really don't know. I'm pretty Please, sure it's Hell's. Someone, okay. I could be wrong. Anyway, it can be loosely translated uh, from German as Bright. So here we've got a beer with a very clean and crisp taste profile where the bitter and the sweet are very nicely balanced. Um, and what you were talking about before this uh this beer is brewed in, in participation with the people power beer project um so all the proceeds from the batch are donated to the aclu which is uh, probably why it's called people power not okay but i know what you're talking about with tribus having the um they did the, the pop. pop yeah and i think that was like people that's not their first on, one yeah, yeah. Like other beers have done pop yeah so they took they didn't take they just used this that name because a lot of people that did i figured it was another pop beer hmm. might be well listen i donated to the aclu <laughs> I, I made you a did difference. A good deed. You're welcome. World. That's why I did it. So, what was your what was your impression of the brewery overall? So, I thought the brewery was really cool because it's different than any of the breweries we've gone to so far. It's mm-hmm. not like an old factory someone has taken over. Yeah, or a, a lot like, of the the breweries um, on the shoreline are largely built in like industrial parks, which is a very cool vibe. But it, it sounds like Kent Falls was yeah, yeah, it's different. Yeah, or you know, there are other beer, uh, breweries like Area Two now mm-hmm. or Stony Creek, where they're kind of built for the brewery. Yeah, when you go to Kent Falls, everything's in its own little farm building. So the tap room, it's its own little red building. You have to go into the brewery itself to go to the bathroom. Huh. And that's really interesting because Kent Falls, you know, they have quite a few beers. They only have like five vats. Really? Not, not too big. In this in this farmhouse, kind of compact, and you have to walk through, go to the bathroom, and, and you get to see everything. They don't really like close off a lot of stuff. It's it's very like, here's our brewery. Take a look. They have That's the cool. mash right there, which did not know was right there when I walked by it on a hot summer day, which kind of oh. like, oof, almost <laughs> knocked me off my feet. <laughs> Like you said, the solar panels are everywhere. What I really like about walking to the tap room was when you walk into the tap room, like you said, they do meat and poultry. Mm-hmm. There's a freezer right there when you walk in first. So the first room oh, has a freezer you and you it? open and you can actually buy some of their meats and stuff already re- done and packaged cool. and frozen, ready to go. When you walk into the t- into the tap room proper, they have the little bar with everybody there. Mm-hmm. 
and they have some benches and it's a, it's a farmhouse and on the side netted up against the wall are all the barrels aged and ready to go like labeled for like what other beers they're going to release hmm. and in the very back there are these crates and these crates have all these dusty dark bottles and I guess it's a, a bottled uh, beer like a kind of high alcohol like content like I think it's like a, a, a mead or maybe a wine or barley say, wine yeah. that I guess is very popular. They're putting out again, so they're aging and they're getting ready to release oh, those that's cool. later on, I think maybe either late this year or sometime mid next year, which I thought was kind of cool. They're chilling. You can see them dusting up there in the yeah. in the tap room, so you can kind of ch- check on those. They're not like hidden like other breweries have them. And then you go out in the back in of this barn house and there's just this gravel, picnic tables all around, a little like jungle set, jungle gym set for kids and just fields. Of grass hmm. and plants and trees in the background and just like beautiful, like just chill, sit there on this very low key, bare bones, just appreciate your surroundings kind of a thing. Yeah. And the fact that you can't really get cell phone, they do have Wi-Fi, so you can get your Wi-Fi, but like if you don't okay. find out of their Wi-Fi, it's just like you're in the middle of nowhere, you're just chilling out, drinking beer. Disconnected. Disconnected, chill out, relax, um, which is really nice. Like I said, in the background when you pull up into the little gravel driveway, mm-hmm. it's just the hop fields forever. They have a couple little chicken coop areas, I think. Where Wasn't it's like that a Beatles song? <laughs> <laughs> Hoppy fields forever. <laughs> I mean, the, the one thing I didn't see there were like brewery tours. I mean, it would be cool if like, they took cool. you around like a little tractor and like pointed out things. Yeah. But overall, a really neat atmosphere. They're bartenders were or beer tenders were really really nice really informative they enjoyed watching me shrug to try to get the shruggy beer Um, (laughs) that's why they do it (laughs) they have a decent amount of beer on tap a decent amount of beer in cans Mm -hmm. ready to go and growlers and growlitos obviously i don't know if they have crowlers there don't remember off the top of my head yeah that seems very like hit or miss depending on the brewery yeah i don't know if they're big enough their little their bar area is really big enough to support the crawlers to get the yeah. the canning area going. It's just a really cool, really nice, really chill place that in the summertime seems like a great time to be. The only drawback would be mm-hmm. I don't see how much fun it could be in the wintertime because of how cold Isolated. it is and it's up in like northern Connecticut. So, so like, like, it's like gonna for get us, colder. yeah, it's not really a, a and I think it's drive. higher altitude too. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's even colder. I feel like cause I feel like I was driving up a hill the whole time. But uh, summertime anyway, and springtime, and probably the fall, it's just oh, it's probably really, beautiful in the fall too. Really nice, and the lake ahead too. Uh, the signposts are really like old school, mm-hmm. like this way for parking, this way for that. But they're all like wooden, old wooden signs. So it's it's really neat to be able to see this this farm in action. Yeah, and I think they took it over. It was not. I think there's something in the farm when you're going there that basically tells you this was something they bought. Okay. Um, that was so unused. even though the land has been in use continuously, it's not necessarily like the same family. Right. Kind of I thing. think they they purchased it, or even if it is the same family, they went oh, well. Let's do beer, mm-hmm. and they kind of remade it to fit their purposes because yeah. it was it was in need of repair, and this was how they figured they could bring new life into it, and. They really did it. The Camp Falls Brewery is fantastic. Uh, the only other drawback is they, even though you can buy their frozen meats to bring back with you, mm-hmm. they don't have food trucks. And I, I oh. someone had asked them okay, while yeah, I was we've at gotten the bar spoiled by that. if they could have food trucks. And I guess right now, uh, Camp Falls won't allow them to bring food trucks to their brewery, hmm. even though they would very much uh, like to. So hopefully that's something they can do later on. I would really like to visit this brewery again, bring you up oh, there, yeah. let you see it, um, and have just, their beers are fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is the only one that I've had from them, but color me impressed. I, I would love to get up there again. 
We did already get our stamp, though. So the priority is on other breweries at the moment. <laughs> All right, let's get into the uh, news and pop reviews culture news and reviews. Would you like to start us off? Sure. So uh, I've got some most excellent news to start everybody <laughs> off with. Um, I'm sure you know, and if you don't know, you're about to know. Bill and Ted Three: Face to Music has finally started filming. It's no longer oh yeah, it's it's gonna happen. It's probably gonna happen. I don't know if it's gonna happen. It's filming. It's already happening. Excellent. Keanu Reeves has never been at a, at a, he's now like the meme. So <laughs> it's, it's the perfect time to start filming and getting excited for something. Yes. So Bill and Ted Face to Music is filming now. Been filming for uh, when we're recording this a couple weeks now. Obviously, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are back as Ted Theodore Logan and <laughs> Bill S. Preston Esquire. Esquire, the third. I believe it's the third. Although this IMDb page does not have the third, but I'm Mm. impressed that you might know that. Thank you. Other returning characters are going to be William Sadler as Death, which I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. Hal Landon Jr. is coming back as Ted's dad. And Amy Stotch is coming back as Missy, who is the lady who was Bill's mom, stepmom, and then becomes Ted's stepmom, who they keep going, remember when you had a crush on her in high school? Shut up, Ted. Remember when you asked her out for prom? Shut up, Bill. (laughs) So I think that's awesome. Um, William Sadler coming back as death is amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously, Station is just kind of like an electronic, kind of like puppetry, but I hope Station comes back. Other interesting characters, which I'm kind of excited about because I do like the TV show Barry, and he's one of the reasons it's really great, is mm-hmm. Anthony Kerrigan is going to be the main villain in this oh, movie. That's awesome. And I really like him. He does a great job there. Is he still going to be bald? Because it's going to be really weird if he's not. I would imagine he just kind of has to stay bald Yeah. for... Um, well, I guess I could put a wig on him. But, I mean, he's really bald in Barry. I don't know if he's always really bald. His uh, IMDb page has him bald. But, yeah, he's great in Barry, and I think he'd be a really good comedic villain in this film as well. For sure. The princesses have been recast, but they've been cast well. Jayma Mays is going to play uh, Princess Joanna. Oh, she's good. And Aaron Hayes is going to be Princess Elizabeth. So they got the princesses back. Mm-hmm. And one thing I'm a little confused about, and I don't know how I feel about it, is Bill and Ted now have daughters instead of sons. Yeah, it's kind of weird that it was already, like, previously established. That it was sons. That it was sons, yeah. Um, If this is supposed to be, like, a straight-up continuation of the series and not a reboot. Right, which, I mean, technically, I guess, they don't say that they're boys or girls. They mm-hmm. just say, say hello to little Bill, say hello to little Ted. And they are um, Billy and Theodora, I believe. The only, I think the only other time I've heard the name Theodora was um, Oz, Wizard of Oz, the remake with yeah. Mila Kunis. And, yeah. I think I've actually met a couple people named Theodora. It's not, a, obviously, a super a common, common name, name, but that's, yeah. that's fine, honestly. It doesn't... Uh, it's a little confusing when the end of the movie kind of makes you think they're sons, but yeah. I'm okay with them having daughters. It doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. I had heard that a descendant of Rufus, originally played by the late, great um, George Carlin, George Carlin would, would make an appearance to replace Rufus. Okay. And I guess the whole, whole point of this... Any idea who it would be? Uh, no. They don't have them cast on IMDb, or at uh. least they're waiting to announce what their character's name would be. Secret, secret. The other cool thing is it's written by Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, who wrote the original Bill and Ted films. Oh, okay. So this is not like, hey, now somebody else is taking over and, and you know, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter just want to continue their characters. This is everybody's kind no, of back is like this. A, yeah, this like is a genuine true sequel in, yeah. in the best sense. And Bill and Ted 1 and 2 are both as good as each other there. Mm-hmm. 
There's no difference in quality between the two. Now, how far apart were those two movies made? Because it's been considerably longer for this third one. So, Excellent Adventure, which was the original Bill and Ted, came out in 1989. Mm -hmm. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey came out in 1991. So, you're only talking two years. Okay. Uh, And apparently, also, Alex Winter did the voice of Bill in the cartoon series that I used to watch as a kid. (laughs) And that's uh, fucking awesome. I didn't know that. But Keanu wasn't the other voice. I don't want to look up his film. Uh, um, no, that's fine. I'm going to assume, yeah, maybe. So you're only talking two years there. So you're talking his last appearance as Bill was in, was in 90. So you're talking 29 years. And I mean, by the time this comes out in 2020, you're talking 30 years. And what I like about the plot of this movie is, what if they never made the song that united the world, which... Oh. Like, then now they've gone. It's been 30 years since they were supposed to unite the world, then they've got nothing. The future that they were told was supposed to happen never happened. Ruh row. So what happens there? They're just middle-aged, you know, losers, <laughs> essentially, at that point, who didn't fulfill their promise to society. It's Which a pretty, is, pretty big promise. It's a pretty big promise, but that's <laughs> interesting because Bill and Ted 2, obviously, mm-hmm. <clears throat> in Bogus Journey at the end... They get on stage, the good robot us is station and death. Yeah. And the princesses all get together and they sing God gave rock and roll to you and unite the world. Rock and roll. Sorry. So if that's the end of Bill and Tattoo, hopefully they address that and say, Well, what happened? And I'm sure Yeah. Kerrigan's yeah. villain character has something to do with why it didn't all work out. So I'm interested to see how that works. And I'm super excited for Bill and Ted face the music (laughs) which will be released fdm on august 21st 2020 mark your calendars so that's uh that's my bill and ted news do you want me to go on or do you want to take the next one i'll go all right so i have some some bittersweet news it was announced that the good place starring one of my favorite people on the planet Kristen bell i thought you were Um, gonna talk about me (laughs) (laughs) It has been announced that The Good Place is going to end after season four. Um, But on the bright side, it is ending because the writers feel like it's the appropriate time to wrap up the story, not because they're being forced into it or they ran out of stuff. You know, it's just that this was the the natural cycle of what they had envisioned for it. Um, So it it sucks, but I get it. Um, And to be completely honest, I was actually I was skeptical of how they would be able to continue after season one ended anyway. Don't get me wrong, I love the show, but they managed to make seasons two and three like even better. So I'm I'm really excited to see what they have in, in store for season four because d- despite being a just a thirty minute sitcom, the writers have done such a, a good job of really fleshing out each character on the show um, and making you love them and really connect with them. So I am glad that they get to end the show on their own terms. Um, rather than stretching it out just because it has good ratings. Creator Mike Schur wrote that at times over the past few years, we've been tempted to go beyond four seasons, but mostly because making the show is a rare, creatively fulfilling joy. At the end of the day, we don't want to tread water just because the water is warm and pleasant. (laughs) Um, And he also teased that the upcoming season would be a bullet train that doesn't slow down. I don't know if the train is a reference to the show itself because that had, had a big plot point. In season two, I believe. So while I don't want to see it end, I, like I said, I'm I'm excited to see what they have in store. And on a semi-related note, um, the original three seasons of Veronica Mars, uh, one of my absolute favorite shows, which I'm currently re-binging for the third, at least the third time, um, has launched on Hulu as of July 1st. So marshmallows, that means you have about two weeks left before season four starts. Do you have anything else for us? 
Shocker. It's time for some Bond news, guys. <laughs> so, as most people know, um, who know me know, mm. uh, I'm a huge James Bond this fan. This is true. And every time there's a little bit of news about James Bond, I love to share it with the world mm-hmm. because it's like my favorite thing ever. And Daniel Craig's my favorite James Bond, even if only every other film he's done has been really good. True. <laughs> Sad, but true. Uh, They're still far better than a lot of his, a lot of the James Bond films, all of which I still love. So recent James Bond news, um, I haven't shown you this yet, but there is a little like behind the scenes production video okay. of Carrie Fukunawa filming some of the footage from the Jamaica portion of James Bond mm-hmm. uh, 25. Yes, Bond 25. So that was pretty cool. It's got a little bit of this kind of like, it kind of shows you kind of what the feel they're going for. Mm -hmm. It's kind of darker. It's kind of gritty. James Bond, obviously, Daniel Craig's wearing, you know, he's in the seedy area. Not seedies, but the more urban area of of Jamaica. So he's obviously dressed down. People are dancing. It's very neon, very dark, but still the colors pop. Mm Mm-hmm. There's explosions uh, that they're filming as well. And it's got this really, like, funky, fresh club vibe going on in the background for the music. Interesting. Which brings me to that they finally announced their composer. Okay. For the last two James Bond films with Sam Mendes directing, his composer partner has always been Thomas Newman. So everybody was pretty sure he wasn't going to return after Skyfall Inspector because they were going a new way. Which, Um, to be honest, um, his score was, well, not bad. Wasn't totally memorable. A lot of people were hoping that David Arnold would come back because his scores are memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, he has done five James Bond films. Really? Two of which were Casino Royale Oh. and Quantum of Solace. Nice. Now, while Quantum of Solace is not necessarily the greatest, the score is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they bring back a lot of the themes, like Vesper's theme. He weaves the... Um, the title sequence into it. It's bombastic. It's big. Mm-hmm. It's James Bond. Mm-hmm. It's... It's it's this adventure movie type feeling. Um, so I was really hoping David Arnold would return as well. But instead, we're going to get Los Angeles-based American music producer and film composer Dan Romer. Oh, my apologies if I'm not saying the last name correctly. R-O-M-E-R. And I guess he has worked with Kerry Fukunawa before okay. um, on his Maniac series and Beasts of No Nation. So, you know, a lot of directors like to use the people they're comfortable with. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense. So I guess his scores are kind of quirky and eclectic, which kind of makes sense as kind of the feeling that I got from the Jamaican score. Okay. So hopefully it'll still be good. I'm a little sad you don't get that kind of like classic elegance of a David Arnold score in your James mm-hmm. Bond film, but hopefully he'll bring something new it'll and fresh to the table to, yeah. and something different and, and a good feel for James Bond, especially if this is going to be James Bond's last, Daniel Craig's last outing as James Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they filmed in Jamaica. Apparently they are now currently filming um, in London for some exterior shots with Naomi Harris, who plays, obviously, Money Penny. Mm-hmm. They filmed in Jamaica a little bit. Obviously, a lot of people have probably already heard James Bond, or Daniel Craig hurt his, I believe, his ankle while filming one of the action Aww. sequences. Um, it wasn't too bad. He had to take two weeks off, but filming continued. They just did the shots that didn't require him okay there also i don't know if you heard this rumor but there were rumors going around i think from an english tabloid probably the sun but i could be wrong i don't want to slander anyone (laughs) that the production some people had to wait like over two hours for the director to show up because he was busy playing red dead redemption 2 and wouldn't get out of his trailer and of course he said that's absolutely not true he's 
the director of a huge franchise blockbuster film. Yeah. In no way would that ever happen. <laughs> so he's had to shoot down that rumor, which I think is hilarious that that's even something that somebody would try to write about and believe it's true. Didn't he have to admit, like, that he actually didn't get that far in Red yeah, Dead? Yeah, he did. He's like, I'm not actually that far. <laughs> I haven't beaten it yet. That he... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, please don't spoil the ending. I'm not going to be able to beat it until after I finish filming. Mm-hmm. Don't ruin the ending for me. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was pretty funny that that's even a rumor, which I kind of enjoy because I know when um, Daniel Craig was convinced to do Cowboys vs. Aliens because mm-hmm. he was playing the first Red Dead Redemption at the time oh. and was really into the cowboy stuff. So John Favreau and him were playing that game and he kind of like was really into the cowboy. Oh, at the that's time, so funny. I didn't know that at all. That. The filming of James Bond also is going to take place in Italy mm-hmm. in August and September. So you look like you're going pretty international. London, Jamaica, Italy. There were rumors that part of this film would take place in America, but I don't know mm-hmm. if that's going to happen or not. Oh, okay. um, it's been rumored forever that they would take the plot of Risico, one of the James Bond short stories, and make that into a movie. Okay. And part of that does take place, I believe, in New York City. Uh, which would be kind of unusual for James Bond to take place in America. I was, was going to say, They don't yeah, usually take place often? in normal stuff. Um, but Ristico, a lot of Ristico is borrowed for License to Kill, uh, that plot line of, you know, drug dealers and, and stuff like that, that Ristico is about, that brought them to America. Mm-hmm. In License to Kill, he was on the West Coast for some of it. And in Live and Let Die, a portion of it takes place in Florida. Hmm. But all in all... Not too much of the films take place in America. There are some novels, especially some of the later novels as well, not by Ian Fleming, do take place in America. But the films, as of themselves, they're big Hollywood films that want to show you places that aren't what you normally see in film. They don't want to take you to That's fair. everywhere else that you see all the time. They want to take you to these exotic, exotic locations yeah. that you would never imagine going to or could never go to. Places only James Bond could get into. So, James Bond... Coming soon, April 2020. Pretty excited. I don't think they've announced the name yet, which is interesting. Because usually by the time they film and they announce the cast, they announce what the name is. Yeah, so right now it's still Bond 25. Yeah, so. Interesting. It is interesting. So that's all I got for news, the rest of reviews. So what else you got for news-wise? So uh, I saw a headline pop up a couple hours ago. I know it was announced that there was going to be a Saw reboot back in May. Mm-hmm. However, according to Hollywood Reporter, a, the reboot or reimagining is in the works, and now they've gotten both Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson on board. Well, it was always Chris Rock. Chris Rock was yeah. the one that wanted to do the reboot because mm-hmm. he came to Lionsgate and said, I have an idea for a sequel because apparently he's a huge fan of the franchise. I want to play a game. So, I mean, that that does make me a little bit more excited about it. So, with, with uh, Chris Rock as a police detective investigating a series of grisly crimes, Samuel L. Jackson will play his father. <laughs> how different? How, how? Is Samuel Jackson old enough to play Chris Rock's father? I doubt it. But they, they did get James Wan and Daniel Hefner back, who directed and executive produced the first films, uh, respectively, which is cool that they're continuing that. Um I have, quote, we think Samuel L. Jackson and Chris Rock, along with Max Minghella and Marisol Nichols, make this film completely special in the Saw canon, and we can't wait to unleash this unexpected and sinister new story on fans of this franchise. This is next level of Saw on full tilt, says Joe Drake, chairman of Lionsgate, and all I want from this film is for Samuel L. Jackson to come out and slow clap to something that Jigsaw does. 
You're a crazy ass motherfucking murderer. How would you like to be a crazy ass motherfucking murderer for your country? Bam, 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 bam. That'd be an awkward meeting with the Avengers. They're all yeah. just sitting down at the long table, and all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> and that little jigsaw puppet circles around trying to find a seat at the meeting table. <laughs> all right, guys, do you want to play a game? No, we want to meet and do this meeting. You're 20 minutes late, jigsaw. My bad. Sorry about that. I had traps to set. <laughs> Um, also, Samuel L. Jackson is 70. Chris Rock is 54. So Sam Jackson yeah. had him at the ripe young age of 16, and if, if that is to believe. I mean, but it's even not worse physically is, impossible. Apparently, Richard Roundtree is 76 years old, which means that in the Shaft universe, Richard Roundtree had Samuel L. Jackson at six years old. Oh. Uh, we all know Shaft gets around, though, so that's Shaft for you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Making babies since he was a baby. Kind of gross. Yeah. Can you dig it? No. <laughs> so that that was my bit of news. <laughs> so I think that's all we got for you this week. Mm-hmm. Hopefully our schedules will allow us to have a, a nice review for you next week. Something new and fresh. But yeah, thanks for joining us. And thanks to Kent Falls Brewery for the fantastic beer, People Power. Yes. Hopefully you can find it in liquor stores near you or anything that Kent Falls does mm-hmm. is fantastic. And if you have a chance, definitely check out their beautiful farmhouse brewery, especially while the weather's nice. Yeah, I can't wait to get there. Uh, a couple plugs. <laughs> if you like the sound of my voice, you can listen to me on Forgotten Cinema that I do with my buddy Mike Field. It's a podcast available wherever podcasts can be found, where we take a look at films that, for whatever reason, seem to be forgotten by audiences today, whether because another film was released around the same time that did better than it, or it has just kind of dropped off the pop culture radar. We take a look at why we remember it fondly and whether we think it deserves a revisit. So that is Forgotten Cinema, which releases every Wednesday on the dot. Drop by, shoot us a line at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or on the social medias and let us know if you'd like to have another film be uh, reviewed by us as well. I've also got two player bros that do with my brother Alex, where... We talk about all things video game related. We are two brothers who play way too many video games. Any system, any console, any game. We talk about a decent chunk of them, because like I said, we play way too many of them. And that releases um, two times a month, just about. Lately, we've been falling a little bit behind, because uh, one of us, Alex, is getting married and hasn't had a lot of time. (laughs) But that should stop next month, so... Get ready to see a lot more Two Player Bros. That is also available wherever podcasts can be found. And we hope you enjoy listening to this. And if you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. Uh, You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Kraken1Open. And thank you again uh, for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Oh, yeah. So what do you say, baby? Time Uh, to clink? Cheers. Cheers.